Welcome to the Living Leadership Podcast. Equipping leaders to live in Christ joyfully and serve Him faithfully. Hello and welcome to this special Christmas edition of the Living Leadership Podcast. My name is Paul Coulter. I'm Head of Ministry Operations with Living Leadership and I'm based in Northern Ireland. Which Christmas character are you? That's the question I want to ask. In my Christmas post on the Living Leadership blog, I suggested that some of us, maybe just me, but might be more than a little like Herod at times. And that got me thinking about which Christmas character each of us might be. So I did a quick search to make sure I wasn't inadvertently stealing someone else's title. What came up top was a set of quizzes on various sites that were subtitled with questions like, are you a Grinch or more like Kevin from Home Alone? And are you happy-go-lucky like Frosty or cranky like Ebenezer Scrooge? Now, if that's what you're looking for answers to, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but other which Christmas character are you commentaries are available. Of course, I am thinking of the biblical accounts of the nativity, the first Christmas. And as a thoroughgoing evangelical, I believe in what we call the grammatico-historical method of studying scripture. That means we seek understanding from the meaning of the words in their context and their historical background. So I don't automatically default to imagining myself in biblical narratives. I'm more likely to be found bemoaning the inaccuracies of the nativity play, from the tinsel-bedecked cutesy angels to the innkeeper, than wondering how each character felt and what motivated them. I suppose I'm afraid of spiralling into a highly speculative world of allegorical interpretation. And I think I'm right to want to avoid that kind of distortion of the text. I certainly believe that the grammatico-historical method is essential for us if we want to be faithful to God's word. But I'm certain there's a reason that so much of the scriptures consist of narrative. I know the most important point in each story is what it teaches us about God and how it contributes to the overall gospel meta-narrative, the big story of the Bible. And I've had my share of frustration with Bible studies where we were asked to say how a biblical character felt when the text doesn't tell us. But I don't think that means we should switch off our imaginations as we read. In fact, I think part of our reading should be to exercise imagination in a healthy way. Not speculating about how this character felt, but asking what we would have felt had we been in their position and what we can learn from their experience. That doesn't change the text. It doesn't modify its inspired message, but it sure helps that message hit home into our hearts. So join me to imagine yourself in the Christmas story. Which Christmas character are you? I'm going to give you five options and at the risk of sounding like I'm part of the Horrible Histories franchise, you're going to have to forgive me for the slightly tongue-in-cheek alliterative names that I've given them. Hostile Herod, Wandering Wise Man or Woman, Surprised Shepherd, Just Joseph and Meditative Mary. So let's get the really bad one out of the way first, Hostile Herod. As I said in my blog post, he's the villain of the Christmas piece. 
we wouldn't like to think that we might be like him. But I'm fairly sure there's more than a little denial in my heart as I tell myself I'm not like Herod. Looking back over 2020, I can confidently say I haven't slaughtered any innocents. You'll be very relieved to hear that. But I'm fairly certain there have been points at which I've been like Herod, content in my comfortable world with me at the centre of it, doing my best to ignore the messages God has been sending me and maybe even going out of my way to resist God's purposes. I'm a sinner. So don't write Herod off too quickly as you consider which part you're best suited to play in the nativity of your imagination. Take a moment to reflect on your attitude. How open are you to the unexpected things God may want to do in your life? How resistant are you to the challenges of his word? How defensive when someone highlights a weakness or a sin in your life? I don't think there are going to be any died in the will Herod's listening to a podcast like this, but maybe there's just a little Herodiness in you and me. So let's repent from our pride and stubbornness. If we don't, we'll never get to see the wonder of God incarnate. Herod's the odd one out on our list of characters, of course. He's the only one who didn't greet the birth of Jesus. So I'll move swiftly on to character number two, the wondering wise person. Is that you? Now that's wondering with an O, by the way, not an A, although I suppose that would also work. I think of the Magi as wondering because they were relatively far removed from the events. Geographically and culturally far away, Gentiles and outsiders to God's promises. I mean, it was a star in the night sky that alerted them to what was going on and you don't get much further away than that. But the thing about the Magi is they didn't leave it at that. They worked out what the star meant. Don't ask me how. And they made the long trek to see for themselves, planning their act of worship as they did so. Is that you this Christmas, wondering, puzzled, trying to make sense of what God is doing? Maybe 2020 has been a tough year, or let me rephrase that. I know 2020 has been a tough year for most of us. Although there are a few people who have confessed to me that they've secretly enjoyed lockdowns and restrictions. But maybe for you, it's been a bigger challenge than for most. Maybe you've lost a job or a loved one has died from COVID. Perhaps you've seen divisions surface in the church you lead, or you're frightened that people have disengaged and they're not coming back. Maybe your faith has been shaken to the point where God seems as remote as the stars in the sky. Well, don't give up wandering and prepare your heart for worship. Like the Magi, make the journey to gaze again on the baby born in Bethlehem. Your questions may not be answered, but maybe they'll diminish as you see what God has done. Then there were the surprised shepherds. Could that be you? Those rough and ready men doing the job they always did on a night like any other, except it wasn't just another night, it was the night of all nights. The night that couldn't overcome the light that shone as the angel declared God's favour and the peace that would flow from it. The night that changed billions of lives beginning with theirs. The night after which nothing would be the same. God's glory 
once seen around Mount Sinai as the law was given and long confined to the inner sanctum of the temple, now bursting forth to the most unexpected of people. A glorious sight that provoked fear, a wondrous word that dispelled that fear and that moved them to action, a word that became flesh in the body of a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Are you one of those shepherds this Christmas? Has life and work become routine? If you're listening to the Living Leadership podcast, there's a high likelihood that you're quite literally a shepherd or a pastor, to use the Latin word, not of woolly mammals in the fields, but of God's people in the church. Maybe ministry has become mundane to you. You still watch over the flock, but you're sitting in the darkness and there's not a whole lot of glory going on. What you need this Christmas, if that's the case, is to be surprised again by the great joy of the angel's announcement. To discover again in the manger what you've known all along in theory, but your heart has forgotten. To have a new spring in your step as you go out to tell others the news about what God has done. And maybe your part isn't as a wandering wise man or a surprised shepherd. Perhaps as you think of the nativity of your imagination, you're closer to the action than that. Maybe you're a just Joseph. Not just Joseph, but Joseph, he was described as a just man in Matthew's Gospel. I love the character of Joseph. In fact, I love his Old Testament namesake too. That's got a lot to do with why my son is named Joseph, although that was also in memory of my grandfather. And there's a parallel between these two men who were separated by something like 17 centuries. Both were sons of men called Jacob. Both were spoken to by God, primarily in dreams. And both were used by God to rescue the line of the Messiah by taking it into Egypt. In the first case, Joseph rescuing Judah and his other brothers. And in the later case, by taking the Messiah descended from Judah, the Messiah himself into Egypt for safekeeping. Yet the thing that amazes me most about Joseph, the husband of Mary, is that he is a silent man. Not one word of his is recorded in scripture. This was a man whose actions spoke loud and clear, a man who played his part in a supporting role and just did what was right. I think that's why I like him, not because I am like him, but because I've got a lot to learn from him. Few words, but right actions. Are you Joseph in the nativity scene of your imagination? Joseph is an outstanding character because he simply did what God commanded, a man of steady integrity. Perhaps you find yourself in what seems like an impossible situation. Maybe you're caught up in a conflict that seems unresolvable. Perhaps you've been slandered or misunderstood and you feel your reputation is beyond recovery. Or you've become aware of something wrong that you know you need to act on, perhaps even bad behaviour by a leader in your church or denomination. Or maybe it's a family problem, a teenager who seems out of control or a spouse 
his mental health is crumbling or his faith is wavering. Joseph certainly experienced a seemingly impossible situation when he first found out that Mary was pregnant. Yet when God's angel assured him in a dream, he did what was right. I want to encourage you in your struggle to keep your integrity. There's no greater priority. Don't be quick to speak or to act. Let God show you the path you must take and stick to the principles you know honour him. Be just like Joseph. And of course, the other character who's close to the action right in there in the centre is Mary, meditative Mary. Maybe that's you. Mary is quite the contrast with Joseph. He is silent. She exudes words of faith and praise. He hears from God's angels in dreams. She gets to clap eyes on Gabriel in the flesh, assuming that angels have flesh. He is the supportive presence beside Mary. She is the one whose womb supports the very presence of God. Mary isn't just in God's story. The story of God and the God of the story is in Mary. Of course, that's not completely weird. The same God is in us too through the Holy Spirit. But it's a whole new level of amazing to think that God was inside her in a body. And Mary carried that body as it developed for nine long months, invisibly nurturing it, her food becoming his food, her voice embracing him, her heartbeat the rhythm of his life. When we see Mary in the nativity story, what is she doing? She's holding the baby in her arms, certainly, in all the pictures. But more profoundly, she does what new mothers usually do. She holds memories in her heart. She ponders each experience. She becomes pregnant with an idea, an idea that will grow inside her for 30 years and more until it gives birth to living faith in her son. Mary meditates. She mulls over every moment. She savours God's goodness. Maybe that's what you need to do this Christmas, simply to slow down and savour it, to store the gospel deep in your heart, to reflect on a year past on the memories laid down, good and bad, and to see what God has been developing in you. What is God giving birth to in your understanding, in your life? Laying down the memories that may not make total sense now, but that will come to mean more in God's eternal purpose in days to come. These four characters are all expressions of faith, aren't they? From the wandering wise men seeking meaning to the surprised shepherds sharing joy. From just Joseph serving silently to meditative Mary pondering everything. But there's one more character in the scene. The central character. The baby who is not just the centre of the picture, but the centre of history and its turning point. And the centre of every hope. The centre of all the wondering. The cause of all the surprise. The one who is worth pondering. 
the one who is just and who makes us just. Here is something to wonder and ponder at. Here is someone to surprise us and to overwhelm us with his righteousness. So my prayer for you, our prayer in living leadership for you this Christmas, is that you will get the time, you'll take the time to gaze on Jesus, to see him afresh as the centre of your life and your ministry. Let the nativity of your imagination lead you to the child of Bethlehem and follow him from there through his life, through his teaching, to his death in your place and his resurrection over the grave and to the hope that one day he's going to come again. And when he comes, may we too be found faithful. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Living Leadership Podcast. We hope what you've heard today spurs you on in your walk with the Lord. If you're encouraged by today's episode, consider sharing it with a friend or colleague or leaving a review on your podcast app to help others find us. If you'd like to engage further with us on anything you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. You'll find us on any major social media platform, at Living Leaders, or visit our website, www.livingleadership.org, where you'll also find more support and resources to help you live in Christ joyfully and serve Him faithfully. God bless.